thanks for joining us on Profit with a Plan podcast. This is where you can get some great ideas to create your most profitable small business. Just so you know, financial planning isn't only for those that have a lot of money or run big companies. A workable financial plan is for us everyday small business owners and professionals that want to make great financial decisions that lead to bigger profits. So join me, Marcia Reiner, your financial business strategist, fractional CFO, and certified financial planner each Tuesday for some smart ideas that can add more profits to your bottom line. I help ambitious business owners grow their profits fast using a unique way of growing their income and spending strategically that produce bigger profits without trying to kill yourself chasing more clients. If you're curious or you know anybody that might be curious, share my podcast or let's chat. We can create greater profits together. So I am super excited today to have my friend and fellow eWomen Network member, Erin Halecki, uh, on today's show. Erin is a clarity catalyst for entrepreneurs, helping them build high-performance teams and increase profitability, which is what we're constantly talking about. After 12 years of corporate ladder climbing and four career changes and a failed startup, oh no, Erin realized that she had become a human doing. And she was stuck repeating patterns and situations that kept her small and away from her passions in life. Determined to break that cycle, Erin took a stand for being. And after deep personal work, she was able to hone in on what wasn't working in her her life professionally and discovered what truly motivated and inspired her, which was working with other entrepreneurs. Erin's passion is in networking and strategy, and she believes that no one should suffer through a J-O-B and that everyone should follow their career or entrepreneurial dreams that they're willing and committed to. She can see the possibilities where others cannot and holds people accountable for their progress. Welcome, Erin. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much, Marcia. This is an amazing opportunity. I'm really, really honored to be here today. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's so great when you meet people that you resonate with. And, and I really feel like the work you're doing is so important. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Um, I, and I and I solely agree. And I think through our eWomen Network, um, which I've mentioned at least a dozen times in my podcast, it's a super organization that really helps us um, be more and have the support to do it. And it's not only for women, men can be involved. And I'm so proud to announce that Erin is taking over the San Diego chapter as the managing director. So if you want to find a tribe of people that lift and support you and you get great business ideas, check Erin out. So it's pretty cool. So thanks for doing that as well, Erin. Yeah, <laughs> little absolutely. plug for you. Thank you. Thank you for the plug. Yes, uh, San Diego is really a great community for entrepreneurship. It's part of the reason that I decided to move down here because I'm, I'm originally from Northern California. Huh. And every time I would come down to visit, there's this story that like I get back on the plane. I'm like, why am I leaving? Because I really like this place and I want to, you know, try and make this home. And then what happened was I, I had left my corporate job at the time to go work on this startup idea, the one that you mentioned in the bio that didn't turn out as well as I wanted. But uh, what I was doing was sourcing different resources down in this area. And I was so blown away. Like there are so many entrepreneurs and small businesses between Orange County and San Diego. It just blew my mind. Like there's so much support. There's so many interesting groups that are meeting, doing different things. And I thought like, wow, 
what a great place to be if you are looking for resources because people down here were very generous. And Silicon Valley, I, I just have to say in my experience, was a little different, a little more formal, mm-hmm. not quite as open. And I felt like if you really had something that you wanted to pursue here, you could get like real touch you know, hands-on kind of mentorship as opposed to, uh, you know, oh, I'll just give you some money and I'll, I'll come back in six months or something. Check, check how you're doing. Is there a pulse, you know? <laughs> right. So that intimacy of getting to understand how somebody's business is working and, and that level of care, it impressed me. And I just, I'm blown away consistently by that. You know, I, you, we call it sunshine tax that we pay here because <laughs> the weather's so beautiful, but there's always so much more. I think, I think the vibe here in Southern California, and not all my listeners are in Southern California, but I think the vibe here in Southern California, it just, it's just the right thing for incubation and, and profitability and growth potential. It's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I have to say that that was part of why Silicon Valley did not appeal to me in the end, was that uh, from an expansiveness space, I think that it has a lot of lore around it. My experience has been that people think like, this is where you have to be if you're an entrepreneur. And and really, the 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 message at the end of the day is you don't have to be anywhere. I was just talking to somebody the other day who started his startup in Indiana, and they don't really have the same kind of, you know, resources that you would, you know, like when you do a Google search on something, you might think, oh, I need this, I need that. And it's like, well, if I'm in Indiana and I don't have that, what do I do? But it's, it's really about creating something and creating a possibility for yourself and being willing to ask questions or, you know, go ask somebody on an email, like, Hey, I saw your awesome book or your website or your video or whatever, and connect with people because it really is about the connection at the end of the day. And if you're connected to yourself and what you need, then that translates into your business and ultimately profit. Right. <laughs> exactly. And especially with the online world right now, I mean, you don't have to be anywhere. Um, I think for, for me, my most ideal you know, picture of my world would be, you know, having that, uh, that touch, but having the connection, I can do it from a mountaintop. I can do it from a beach. I can do it from my, from my front room. I can do it from my business club. I can do it from anywhere. And and you don't have to be, you know, right in that one spot. So that's, that's a great point. But I think, I think that, I think that the, having that clarity and that value, um, really helps, uh, direct what you're doing and how you do it. So something, um, let me, let me ask you something that really got me, um, was in your introduction, you pushed a sensitive button for me that really stuck. And it was about the unfulfilling job that we have and, and how you can get out of that and really make your life so much more impactful for yourself and your family, as well as the business and the clients that you serve. And I think most of our listeners at one way, shape or form are business owners and they've left the corporate world to do the same thing as well. So tell me how, how you can encourage that and, and, and get these small business owners really motivated to do what it is that they love to do instead of doing something that someone tells you to do in a, in a job. Yeah. Well, for me, my experience was really a long time coming. Uh, I, I think from an early age, I had been pegged as like an achiever. And a lot of that had to do with my family environment and um, kind of needing to like preoccupy myself uh, in 
getting things done for myself. So like the homework was always done. I was really, you know, persistent about attending sports practice. Like if something could be done, somebody could give me some kind of construct to operate in. I'm like, I'm going to get it done because I don't want people to worry about me because they have other things to worry about, which, you know, that's a whole nother story. But what it got for me was this pattern of like, if there's a construct or something, somebody tells me I should do, I'm going to do it because that seems like it feels right and safe. Uh, which is totally counter, by the way, to what happens in real entrepreneur work, and, you know, because you're really going into the ambiguous and the unknown. And uh, that was part of the trigger for me when I finally got there to make the stand of, I don't want to be in the J-O-B. I want to go try something more creative and expansive for myself. I have this passion, you know, that I want to solve a problem. And then I was like, oh, my God, like, it's all on me, right? And there wasn't any more direction in the same way, not even bumper rails in some case. It was like a not the school of hard knocks, but people would be like, like hazing, like, well, you can't do this unless you, you know, uh, you know, do X, Y, Z and kind of prove yourself to me. And, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I have a whole, a whole resume of proof that I, I have, you know, increasing roles of responsibility, all this stuff, like people love me. I'm a, I'm a networking master. Like, why isn't this good enough? But it really, you know, what I did was, you know, coming up, I did the sports, I did the school, I was always honors, you know, kind of like high achiever, right? Type A to the, to the T. I, I, I can't tell at all. <laughs> Not at all. And so it was really interesting because I got to college and, and this was the first time that um, I really, I, I really do believe in intuition and the way that like you can feel it. You can actually feel it in your body. And I would sit in psychology class in the first couple of years of college, you take kind of general education, right? So uh, I would sit in those classes and be just so inspired by the conversations and the topics that were coming up. But um, in my mind, I kept thinking, well, I need the business degree to prove my validity and worth in the business world. And I'm going to make money. And that's kind of the path, right? And I'm going to be the CEO someday. And then like later on, I, I, I determined, do I really want all that responsibility on me? And, uh, you know, yeah, careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, because like when you once you start going up and up and up in the chain of these bigger organizations, you're responsible for so much more than just your own actions. It's like you're accounting for the fact that you're trusting, you know, the organization below you. But as a, a naive college kid, I'm like, oh, I'm chasing the money and this is what I'm doing. And I'm really good at achieving things. And I got good grades and graduate. And, and I couldn't find a job initially. Out, uh, I was in Denver at the time. Mm. So I came back to California and very shortly uh, thereafter found a job. It was just a job because I thought I needed a job to make money. Like I wasn't thinking outside of like, do I really like what I'm going to be doing? And, and who I was when I showed up there. So I, I stayed at that job. My first one was at an aerospace defense company, huge. And, and I went through their leadership track, which every, every year, year and a half, you got a new job. So it was like, I got to see all these different sides of, of the business, different types of leadership, different types of organizations working with different types of uh, functions. You know, I got to learn how to communicate with engineers, which was a whole adventure in and of itself. But like, to be honest with you, they're, they're awesome. And that's when I started realizing that I had this little superpower of like, I could get in and make a connection with somebody and get what I needed out of it. But I never thought like, oh, go do sales or go do entrepreneurship. Like, I just kept thinking, well, I'm just going to do what people tell me to do. So I kept going and going and eventually got to a point where I, I um, they sponsored my MBA, which thankfully, like, I'm so grateful for. I, I didn't have to drop a dime on it. But, but out of that experience, I got to see so many other people in different industries that I thought, like, there's money on the table here. 
what if there's something more for me? So I got a little curious and actually left that job. I'd been there for like seven years. It's the longest job I've ever had um, in terms of like one company. And, and I started getting curious. And then it's like this curiosity is kind of shortened and shortened all the times that I've spent a job since then. But I went into strategy consulting, like business process consulting, and then I did a little stint in business development. And that's, that's really where the straw broke the camel's back. Like I actually started to get so physically uncomfortable, I actually got sick. Like I started having some sickness issues with like um, different things in, in my body that I was like, this is really strange. But it was because I knew in a body intuition sense, I wasn't where I was supposed to be. But my mind was like, you've got to finish this. You're committed. You've got to stay in this job. Of course, you're going to make it work. And I'll never forget it. I was working um, in business development. They had put me out to be an account executive at a very high profile Silicon Valley company. It's like the kind of place that everybody wants to work, except that I was sitting there like crying myself to and from work on the commute and like miserable at my desk. And my boss was saying terrible things to me like, you're too sensitive. You can't handle this, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I basically gave them the leg up on the fact that this big contract wasn't going to be renewed and they didn't believe me. And then when the client actually said it to their face, they were like, why didn't anybody tell us? And I was like, oh, that's it. Like that's actually where the balloon burst for me. And I started realizing that like, I actually had all this value that wasn't truly being appreciated, but I didn't think about it in terms of like, um, I didn't think about it, how I was advocating for myself. I kept thinking about it kind of like these external factors. And at the time, my sister and I were watching this show. Um, you may remember, I don't know, this is kind of a little off topic, but it's called Catfish, and it's about how in the online dating, it's such a, like, social thing. Uh, but people hide behind this, like, digital bulletproof vest of, like, I'm going to pretend to be this person and get you to like me for whatever reasons. And there's a lot of psychological weird reasons for this. Uh, but uh, my sister and I were totally fascinated, and I had been on and offline dating for many years. And I thought, I can, I can help in this space. So I started an app idea and concept that I brought all the way to basically I could have developed it if I wanted to, but... Um, the, the competition was kind of coming into the space. And the idea was, let's record a video, a 10 second video in the app. Like it, it can't be, I pulled, pulled something from Instagram or some other thing. You have to do it in the app and just say like, hi, my name's Aaron, nice to meet you. And you're gonna get way more out of that than any picture I choose to show you. Even if it's at like a crazy Instagram angle or something funny, at least you're gonna have a better sense of the person and you're not gonna have like a, a David Beckham scenario where it's like, you look really good, but then you're like, hi, you know, my voice is really high and it doesn't matter. Right? You know, <laughs> right. and that's very judgmental of me to say, but like, sorry, David Beckham. But the idea was so, so embedded in my experience of dating that I thought like, I'm passionate about this, but here was my, my kind of first misstep in entrepreneurship. I didn't, um, I didn't really have much momentum in the business or feedback for proof of concept. And so I actually left the job behind the stable job. And I like went into this without really a lot underneath me. And I didn't have a sense of needing that worth and external validation kind of like to not be as important as it was. So, so what happened was I'm like chugging along for about a year and a half. Um, it came to a point where I was thinking like, Am I even doing the right thing? Am I still passionate about this business? Because other, other technologies were starting to use um, or apps were starting to use video. And I, and I thought to myself, this is so bizarre. Like, 
like I'm, I'm getting that feeling again. Like, I don't think this is right. Or like, what do I, I didn't understand at the time. And it was very confusing for me. So um, I ended up dissolving the business. And, and funny enough, I had created like a C corp and all this stuff. I was like, I'm getting investment and like, it's wow. amazing. Right. But here's the thing. Like I was so, so in the, I'm going to do what other people tell me to do, not what I want to do. And I felt like, hold on one second. My cat likes to open doors and there's this like little cabin door here and he's like making a lot of noise. No, that's so, okay. I didn't hear it. And you know what? It just tells me that you're human. So yeah, there's, exactly. you know, there's a life around you. I'm a, I'm a cat mom. So, so it's interesting <laughs> because I, I just got to this point where I, I was feeling that feeling again, like something, what, why am I not understanding something? I'm missing something here. And I had started way too late in the game on getting, um, market feedback. At the time, I didn't really have a stable job, right? Because I'm just doing this entrepreneurial stuff, like amorphous, right? right? And I can do anything kind of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so what I didn't understand at that time, and I'll kind of get a little woo here, is that what I'm realizing now is that's a lot of like feminine creative energy. We all have a balance of this within every single being. There is a balance of these types of energies. We call them mem- feminine, masculine, but like this, this particular energy of creativity is very ambiguous and mysterious. And for somebody with my experience up until that point, um, it was very hard for me to trust in that, that that held the key to my success as like being able to receive feedback and, and do things as opposed to creating structures and being really analytical about my journey, right. As an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur and like what somebody else needs to tell me instead of like how I felt and, and my own basis in what was, what was going on. And so I decided I'm going to get rid of this. Like this is over. The time is done because, uh, well, as it turns out, the cost to acquire a customer is really high. It's like two to $300 a person to get them on a dating app. And then if you think about that, nobody's usually paying that much for their memberships or other things. So from an investment perspective, people were like, I'm not going to give you money because you don't have like the next tender, but the, the chances of you being the next tender are small. But here's the thing. If you let that get in the way of something that you have a burning passion for, then you will not succeed as an entrepreneur. Like ultimately, yes, there are business decisions, maybe litigation or something else comes up. Like there are reasons why you might like stop being an entrepreneur in a particular idea. But what I learned out of that was that um, I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to go back to corporate, but I can't continue with this. So what do I do right you said about the doing in my intro this is this is where it started to break for me and i started understanding that there was something missing about my my beingness so i became a software engineer totally crazy like software developer because i thought if i couldn't get somebody to develop my prototype i'll do it for myself right Hilarious. You know what but, I'm. You know what I'm getting a theme here, and yeah. and this is this is something that that just gave me the big aha, and and it started to come in the last conversation. You you talk about how um, you are very in all of the jobs where you're told to do something, and you feel like you um, have to do it because that's what it is. That's a very masculine energy. It's all the. Yeah. The, the tech, it's all the, the software, it's all the, the implementation, it's all the hard stuff that, that everybody says. And then you talk about 
the the passion of of creating and having this feminine energy and this is this is my big aha and and i kind of still hear it in your voice that that's maybe not the right or the good way where the other way is the the successful what you should be doing so i feel like you have this battle going on internally as to what yeah. should you be masculine or should you be feminine and and i'm a big fan of the same thing and that's why we we resonated so nicely is it you got to find a way to be bold. Right. And, and so I'm in my story right now. And, and I have to say that like now, I guess this is like almost three years later, I, I do finally have a sense of what it feels like to kind of be in this inner, you know, in between. And, and my best advice to somebody that is stepping into business and maybe like either uh, experiencing some friction or something where they're just not, they're, either something's not working the way they expected or they're uncomfortable with a certain situation, not sure how to proceed that I would invite them to consider that we are creating our own reality. So there is something in us that is um, propelling that situation forward. And if we can have an awareness of how we are in that certain situation or what might be, you know, coming up, um, validation like uh, i'm trying to think of the way to word this so that it's uh, digestible the idea of needing to be right self-righteousness that can manifest as perfectionism and that was kind of a big aha for me recently that like i have been trying to go through life up until like a couple years ago really being perfect and not standing out and that is like totally counter to being in a creative entrepreneurial space because you need to fall forward into the possibility, which is a big risk. There's no structure there per se that, um, that's like super well-defined. Every, every business is a little different than the next. I always loved it when people would say, um, we'd be in like leadership meetings when I was younger in my career, people would be like, well, how, how do I get to be like you? Like, how do I become a manager or whatever? Well, let's not even, you know, go there that managing and leading is two different things. Right. But I always hated that question because instinctively I'm like, there's not one path. Like people aren't going to just wake up one morning and be like, well, if I do X, Y, Z, it's going to happen for like uh, a mechanism or a technology to help you do something. But I will say with certainty that if you wake up and you are committed and intentional about what you're working towards, kind of like setting a North star for yourself, you will, you will, make amazing things happen. It may not look exactly like what you may have imagined. And, and I think that uh, vision board is a great example of this. Like a lot of people set their intentions and they put the vision board out there, but like those are magazine pictures or like most of the time it's not pictures of yourself and actual things in your life. It's like a representation, same thing. When you set a vision for your business, it's a representation of a feeling of a, of a like of an experience that you are creating and if we can keep in that kind of uh, a, a sense of, of being and less focus on the exact, like, how it's going to be, like, the, the doing part of things, you actually open up a lot more space for that uh, stuff to come in, whether it's feedback or, like, and I'm talking about market feedback. Like, what if somebody, you've been chugging along for, I don't know, five years, you have this great brand or so you think, and then somebody comes in and basically tells you that your branding is the reason that you're not getting customers, but you've been so in love with it for five years. Are you really open to changing it? 
you know, uh, I don't, I can't answer that for everybody, but that would be a situation of like, when you get to certain precipices in your business, the decision points, uncomfortable situations, whatever you want to call them, you are at a, you are at a place where you can, uh, you can choose to be a certain way and then do something. Because it's really more about like how you're being in any given moment than, than what you're doing. The doing follows the being. If you are like intentional, most people think like if I, if I do this job, then I'll have money and I'll be happy, right? Mm. That's tricky. That is so tricky because really it's if I'm being intentional, then I can do the thing that I want to do and I will have the outcome that I want. So, Which will make you happy. Which will either make me happy, get me money, whatever, whatever the right. thing is that you're, that you're aiming for. And so when it comes to profitability, especially, especially, and this is going to be probably a little, little esoteric, maybe, um, it has far less to do with the actual uh, money as it, as it does with how enrolling are you with the people in your business and your clients? How willing are you to receive um, gracefully and in integrity feedback and and grow you know if you're willing to grow and there's space then the money can come in and Mm -hmm. and I feel like that is all grounded in a sense of worth if you believe that you're worthy of it that's a huge part and then the other part would be if you are actually aware of yourself your being in business I almost wanted to call, uh, side note, I almost wanted to call my podcast being in business. And I was like, oh. no, this is too much of like a, you know, like a weird metaphor or something. But I really, I'm so passionate about it that a lot more of uh, people are opening up to this idea that it's less about like the exact mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And it's more about like who you are in any given situation, because people remember that. They're not going to remember your spreadsheet or your PowerPoint presentation. I mean, they might, but really you're going to remember the sense of you in business. And, and and I agree. Um, I think that, that we all have to have that and that clarity that says I'm here to serve or I'm here to do, or my product does something for them. And, and when you put that out there with that intention that, you know, I'm here or this thing is here to serve them, then they'll feel that and they'll have that be more open. And you're right. It's not about the spreadsheets. And, you know, if I cut this dollar here, then I'm going to be more profitable there. It's about having and being in the right situation and then doing the service that they need. So it could take your being and doing and turn it around a little bit. But I, I love it. It's it's so important because they will remember they make connections with those people they like, like know, and trust. And then that's when they'll buy from them. But I think that's where you have to start, right? You have to have that intention. Perfect. What you just said is so perfect about the blend because you need both. You need, Mm -hmm. you need a being and a doing, because if you're just being, then it's like, uh, what do they say? Like in the law of attraction, like it implies action, (laughs) you know, there's action in attraction, right? So there's, there is some, uh, mechanism or doing in the achievement of things, but it really starts with the being. And so, uh, I have to say that, through all of my experience, all the story leading up to this, what I was ignoring and what I was kind of bypassing was this sense of uh, being, beingness in business. And so for what, for what it's worth, I, you know, I would recommend if people are, are in a 
place where they, they don't know or they are stuck, um, getting feedback, especially like unbiased feedback is probably one of the best ways. Like most of the times we always think of like what's easiest for us to do. Like if somebody asked you, go ask like uh, 10 people um, how effective my presentation was. Um, they're going to go to people probably that they know versus not know and to mm-hmm. get that. But it would be like a challenge and a stretch for somebody to go and ask like somebody who they didn't know, because honestly, whatever they say, you're assuming into the fact that they wouldn't give you good feedback already, maybe, you know, but what if there was a possibility that they held the key to like, you know, some amazing breakthrough in your business, you know, uh, there's, there's so much to be said for getting feedback um, in those moments. And that's why working with somebody like a coach uh, and or a mentor is so critical as an entrepreneur. Like I, I fall into the trap sometimes of like, I can do this. I've got this. I've got me, you know, and this lone wolf thing is like really, really, it's like, if you want to push money away, there's nothing faster than that sometimes. <laughs> I, I agree. You know, we're not, I, I and I've said this a, a, a half a dozen or a dozen times that you're not an island. You have to have support. And, and even when you're testing your solution, you gave me some good ahas here that you have to go out and try these things and get honest feedback from people that you don't know, or maybe wouldn't necessarily give you what you think the, Oh yeah, girl, I got you kind of stuff. Um, you'd want the, you know, I think you'd want to test it on your potential clients and get the feedback um, from them. Because like you said, we, we created something because we thought it was good, but how do we know if it's the right thing that they're looking for? And you have to be open for that to, to get that feedback. But I think that um, it's so important that you test and it's so important that you talk to people and that you try things and then be open to accept the feedback, not as an attack, but as a, as a positive feedback that you're going to use and say, oh, thank you. I'm glad you didn't like my logo or I'm glad you're telling me you thought that my red colors turned you off that, you know, or or the way I said something, you turned me out, you know, because it wasn't, it wasn't talking to you. These kind of things are essential for business owners. And because we're business owners, we have to have that flexibility to be able to be more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm so in tune with that. And, and it really, you know, it was fascinating towards the end of my first um, app idea, I was driving a Lyft car. That was my source of income. I think I was starting the story earlier and I forgot to, to finish it, but I was driving a Lyft car to, to get income. And it was a perfect mechanism to get feedback, not only get oh. feedback, but be paid effectively to get your market feedback because most people assume that that's not your only job. So it's a super easy entry point. It's so, so easy because you're just talking with somebody. You're talking with your passenger. Now, granted, they're trapped. Yeah, <laughs> they're well, trapped. They're, you can have a captive audience, right? Yeah. I got some of the best feedback in that. I mean, yeah. if you want to know some interesting feedback, um, I'll share that I had one guy who was like, yeah, I met, I met my spouse and we were in the chat rooms. Like this was like back in the nineties. They had like, uh, uh, instant messenger or whatever. Uh, I used it. I, I can't even AOL you know, and you'd be like, you know, messaging with people. And then there were like, like right. chat rooms that were online that you would have like a common interest, but you didn't necessarily see the person. You just got to know them on your common interest level. And I had like hand over fist people telling me about this as like, it wasn't as important. Everybody was telling me empirically that it wasn't as important what somebody looked like that they actually resonated with 
the person. And, and I was like, this is fascinating because if you think about the dating world right now, a lot of it is very like, you know, superficial, right? Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. I tried to use some gamification in my app concept of like, you would get to know the person a little slowly. And then the reveal was kind of like the pay to play where like you had tokens or coins or whatever. But um, it, it was interesting because I never really thought of it before, but that was a little outside the box. Cause most people think like, I need to, like you were saying, like, I need to get my target market. I need to, you know, and yes, totally important that some level of your avatar or target market should have feedback in the process. But it's like, we shouldn't discount um, some other things because uh, there's like early adopters. And then there's kind of like the people that kind of swarm in at the end. I, I would say, uh, I'm just going to continue using dating since I know so much knowledge about that industry mm-hmm. and my own well, experience. Well, wait a minute, but that's, that's a perfect correlation to business owners yeah. trying to get clients. You're trying to date that client until the client says that, oh yeah, I want to go out on a date with you or I want to marry you, right? Buy your product. This is actually a perfect correlation. I love it. Please continue. Yeah. And I mean, I'll even give a really, okay, I'll go like super personal right now. So <laughs> this is, this is a, a t- total reveal. So I, I currently am, I'm single. And so I'm in this world right now and I have not been all that seriously in this world for a long time. Um, I, I, after my experience trying to build one of these things, I was very turned off to the idea of like, oh my God, I have to use one again. Are you freaking kidding right. me? So anyway, <laughs> I, I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And and this happened that I really felt like I, um, like this would be like you're in business. You're like, I really feel like I got this person. You know, this is going to be my client. So I, I had somebody that I was talking with that, that we met up quite a few times now. And suddenly it just kind of like dropped off and, and you know, ghosting, whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, I, I am of a leadership style that like, if it's meant to be, it's really up to me to do something about something. And it doesn't have to be an affront. It could just be like, hey, I was thinking about you, what's up? You know, and anyways, it, it turned into some feedback for me that I wasn't expecting. Ah. And I was like, oh, and then my friend, I told my friend, because this is what girls do as we talk about these things, right? <laughs> and I was like, what do I say to this? Because I feel like there's an opportunity space for me. And she's like, you get to ask for feedback in this situation. And I was like, oh my God, I get to ask for feedback. And it's very uncomfortable for me because I have no idea. I mean, this person could say like, you're, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, your toes are ugly or I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like it could be anything that comes back. But here's the thing is that that space has so much potential for what I'm going to do next. And like, I feel like as a business owner, if we're not willing to kind of like go there to these uncomfortable spaces, then we, we miss this whole opportunity for uh, insight and growth sometimes that could be very valuable. But, uh, but being in that space, I, I don't want to sell it like it's easy. It's not easy. And this is a practice. Like, I think we talked about it, that like the entrepreneurial skill set is actually a skill set. It's like, it's something that you build and grow. It's not like you just, like, like I say, I'm going to do a triathlon and I've never swam and I've never <laughs> rode a bike or, you know, maybe I ran a little bit, but it's kind of like I have some knowledge, but I don't have like the whole picture and it, right. it takes you training. You commit to your training and sometimes you fall off your bike and sometimes you, uh, you don't make it the full 800 yards in the lap swimming or whatever, but you get closer. And if you're willing and if you're committed and resilient, you have a shot. And so that is so true in entrepreneurial journeys where we, um, we sometimes get to these areas where it's like a little uncomfortable or maybe a lot uncomfortable and we will stop. But if we push a little farther 
I mean, I, I'm saying this within reason, obviously, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if we push a little farther, there might be something there that we can either keep going or pivot, you know, God forbid that we actually change something, you know, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. Gosh, this, this is amazing, Erin. This, this kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about taking that feedback and really implementing it in my business. Because again, we're, we do live in a, in a vacuum. We do live in our own little worlds. And, you know, that feedback is the piece that can help you shift and grow and profit more. If you find out what it is that you're, you're dating, your, your potential client really truly wants and how you're presenting can match that. And, you know, that's, that's the big aha. I didn't think we were going to talk so much about feedback today, but I was thinking, man, that is really point on what business owners need to do. Ask those questions, um, you know, especially for the ones that don't buy. Do you mind if I survey you with a couple of questions? What was it that made you not want to buy? And please be honest. Was it my perfume? Was the way I said to you, was it that you don't have the money or it wasn't the right time? There's always a reason. And if you can get that honest, sometimes brutal feedback, it will help you improve and go and get you to the next level. So I love this. This is so valuable. Yeah. And I feel like that, that is the key is that feedback is, is feedback. I I feel like a lot of us treat some things as like neutral because we may have like an attachment to, um, you know, a certain way of being or, or the way that something should, should be I hate the should, right. You know, shooting all over the place. And (laughs) and it's so, so interesting to me because I love business strategy and I could talk about it for hours but I think it's way more fun to get into kind of like the softer side of the, the business stuff as opposed to like, like the, the glamour of the, the hard product or, you know, the, the actual experience sometimes of being with your client can um, give you so much, so much information. And, and the more connected you are to your clients and or whoever you are engaging with, it doesn't have to be a client. If you're connected with them and you're authentic people will be vulnerable and authentic with you. It's like a mirror effect of, of that. And, and that ultimately is, like you said somewhere uh, a couple comments ago about people buy because they know, trust, like you. And, and that is the critical part. If they're, if they're disconnected from you, if they don't connect with you, um, then the money chain is, is broken. It is. And then that feedback piece, you can... I think we all, we all have fear. Nobody wants to be rejected, right? No, that's why people, that's why salespeople or sales roles are so, um, for a certain type of person, even though we're always selling ourselves constantly in our life, but nobody wants to have that rejection. So I think asking for that feedback, someone's always going to go, well, they didn't like me. I don't want (laughs) to hear it. Or worse, you put out there and you're like, yeah, I want your feedback. And, and, you know, then you, all you get back is positive. You know, you don't want it to be a, 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 an abusive situation, but you don't want it to be all hearts and flowers. You need honest. And I think that authenticity and asking those questions, I would love to maybe take this conversation in the future and develop some sort of strategy or tools or here's, here's the best five questions or here's the best way that any business owner can ask their current clients and the ones that got away how to give them that honest feedback as to why they chose to work with you or more importantly, why they chose not to work with you for whatever reason. 
I think a big piece of it, and we can talk about it later because I know that we're we're having a lot of fun right now. I imagine we're probably probably over time, but uh, we're, we're, we're we're pushing the limit, but we're good. But, but I feel like it's it's the safety aspect of things, you know, like the the safety of somebody in any given situation is going to allow them to truly be authentic. And so, if you feel safe with yourself. Um, or you are, uh, that, that masks as confidence, uh, sometimes like with sales, or if you are feeling like you are safe, like you're heard by whoever's asking the question. So it's about like creating a, a, a place and a safe place for that exchange. And, uh, I think about it in terms of safety. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Erin. This has been an amazing conversation and I would love to put part two together yeah. and talk about yeah. that feedback a little bit more. Um, is there anything else you'd like to, to talk with our audience about today? Yeah, well, I just, I want to put it out there. If, if any of this resonated with you and you'd like to maybe ask me some more in-depth questions, I would like to be able to connect with you. And so my contact information is below. If you'd like to book a slot on my calendar, I'd love to have a, you know, uh, I'll put a 30 minute slot on there. We can just chat about business and just kind of get to know where you're at, see if there might be a, a little nugget where I can help you either get past a challenge or see it in a new way. This is what I love to do. I'm so passionate about helping people see these possibilities and, uh, and really, you know, taking their business to the next level. So I'd love to connect with you. Perfect. Thank you so much. That is so valuable. I know that, um, yeah, you know, I, I I tried to book an, a a question time with an attorney, and it was seven dollars and fifty cents ah. a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I mean, getting getting a complimentary or a free session to brainstorm and come out these are invaluable. Um, so please, everybody, take it, take her up on that offer. Run an idea or two by her. Go a little d- deeper in the conversation. It'll be well worth your time. So thanks again, Erin. Yeah. So um, thanks for listening today. I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you make more money, uh, get control over that money and become more profitable. If you would like to know how to increase your profit, your profit specifically in your business, let's chat. My contact information as well will be in the, in the podcast description. So one more thing, I'm super excited to talk about my new book. It's called Big Profit Secrets Exposed. It's on Amazon. There'll be a link here in the podcast to get your copy. I'm on a speaking tour. I'll be in Denver next week. I'm really super excited about that. And if you know of anybody uh, that I might be able to share my wisdom with uh, and you're in a group, I would love an introduction. Uh, also, if you want podcast notes or any um, connections on this podcast, um, hit me up. And then we would love to hear your questions, feedback, ideas for future shows. Comment on this podcast and ask some questions. We'd love to answer them. And Aaron will be around to answer those as well. You can always reach me at Marcia at Bella Financial Group. So you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. Until then, make your plans and profit with them. Hey, thanks, Aaron. I really appreciate you today. Absolutely.